environment. everyone welcome to the uh, uh, did we decide how we pronounce this well my name is aaron and i like the environment so yes the air environment will work Aaron out very environment well. how, how does that spell out though I, we have so much to work out yeah we'll we'll fix it in post it's fine <laughs> excellent excellent well welcome fine. to whatever this podcast is uh my name's jamin and this is aaron's air environment podcast and uh <laughs> I know uh, you said that you had some stuff you want to talk about today, so why don't you take it? Because you're in charge, man. It's your thing. Yeah, yeah. So um, kind of the whole like angle of this podcast is more just like talking about stewardship and how that relates to us as Christians and science and all that goodness. Uh, and I thought a really great place to start would be Romans one twenty. Uh, I have the NIV version in my Bible, so I'm just going to read that. Uh, For since creation of the world's God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. So, quick question, Jamin. When you hear that, what do you immediately think of? Uh, I mean, nature, I would say, is typically where my mind goes to, or at least being a nature person person Mm -hmm. anytime i'm out in a forest my mind almost instantly enters worship mode because i'm caught up by all of the brilliance around me i always feel really stupid it's like oh look at that leaf oh my gosh no that leaf is exactly how i am (laughs) (laughs) how how can it all be like oh god it's just so brilliant oh that he would make all the old leaves you know yeah Oh, no, I, I mean the exact same way whenever I'm outside. Like, I'm just like, this is all amazing. Like, it's all, Good. like, curvy and the same, but also different and unique. It's amazing to just be in the woods. I am right there with you. So, yeah, that's kind of what, when I hear that verse, like, yeah, it refers to God's invisible qualities, like his eternal power and love and mercy and sacrifice. But then it refers directly to divine nature and it, and yes, he is divine in that way, but also using the term nature really, really puts your mind towards the natural world. So when I hear that verse, I also think of unseen qualities in science, like gravity. Because I don't see that, but I know that's a force of nature upon me, and it's unseen. Or any of the laws of physics or the laws of thermodynamics is really where my, my mind goes right to. Yeah, I've heard good things about those. <laughs> good. It keeps you alive <laughs> and together in one feet. Uh, that's what I like in life, so I appreciate it. Thanks, thermodynamics. Thank you, thermodynamics. Yeah, this, uh, I mean, it's just one verse taken from like a part in the Bible, but it also just, it has such a calling, like to me personally, to just go out and learn what I can about God's divine nature. Cause it literally tells us that we can clearly see them. And then we have the ability to understand them. Mm. 
yeah i know uh, a lot of people with science like it for christianity it kind of becomes like the enemy for some reason like you shouldn't know about this or uh, if you learn more about it, it's all going to just be atheism on the other side. But clearly, I mean, you're a scientist. That hasn't been the case for you. Yeah, no, I think it's something that goes both ways, like, which is just wild to me to begin with, because science in its most infancy, infant state, infancy words, what are these? Um, in its most like original state, it was studied by like monks and abbots and people who have nothing to do but sit there and study the natural world. And that was when you're stripped down of all of those things and all you have to do is, like, think about God and the place he created. It naturally just drags you straight towards it. Yeah. I think that's a mad irony for me is a lot of things that oftentimes Christians might be against today Mm -hmm. actually came from, like, Catholic saints. You know, just like Father Lemaitre, I think, was what the known as the father of the Big Bang Theory before it was uh, relegated elsewhere. Right. No one wanted to listen to him because they thought, no scientists wanted to listen to him because they thought that he was just trying to further push creationism uh, when it apparently it sounds like he actually had it all in pretty well in place on that theory. <laughs> I mean, Gregor Mendel is like the perfect example of that. Uh, uh, genetics, right? Yeah. The The term cell is literally refers to where a monk's sleeping quarters were. It was their cell. Ah, this is news to me. Yeah. So there are like thousands of monks living in my veins is what you're saying. Yes. Thousands of them, Jamin. Mm -hmm. This no longer sounds Christian to me. (laughs) You know, it's the the one thing everyone within me was the one thing everybody always remembers about the cell. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, I remember that totally. I wasn't going to say blood or anything like that. science class in a while uh class what is this yeah seriously I, the last science class i had was the one about rocks geology Ge- yes ology is what i said not the other one yeah yeah that was that was fun i guess do you like rocks Aaron? <laughs> i do like rocks jamin you're in luck you like an entire semester of looking at rocks, Aaron? Some of my best friends are soil scientists. I know that's not rocks and that's dirt, but still. Yeah. Well, they sound like great people and they lead (laughs) interesting lives, I am sure. A whole semester's worth, at least. Uh, You know, there's there's another, because you're in Romans 1 right now, right? Yeah. In Romans 10... Uh, what's interesting is, you know, in Romans one, you have kind of this idea that like God's existence can be seen all around you because of creation. I imagine that's kind of the way that we're looking at that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Later in Romans 10, he kind of goes on to say like, Jesus is also the same way. (laughs) (laughs) 
which was interesting to me when I first kind of came across it. Cause you know, like it makes sense to be like, you know, you look at this, obviously there's gotta be a designer behind this, uh, from a Christian perspective, you know, like we see this as like a, a mark of something bigger, but later in Romans 10, it just keeps taking it to another level of, uh, creation talking about Jesus, <laughs> which, which I'm like, say, say what now? This one feels like a bit more of a, a stretch or, or whatever. But, uh, where is it? Romans 10, 14. Uh, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? So, like, it's the setup for how will people know about Jesus. Uh, right. And then he's like, eh, this is the part I was looking for. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the end of the world. And that right there is is a quote back to, I think, mm-hmm. Psalm, Psalm 1, no, Psalm 19. So, for Paul... <laughs> Nature speaks not only of God but of Jesus too, and I don't know what what do you what do you think of that? What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, cry went out to all the earth, and the words the ends of the world. Like it didn't just go out to like four people. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting way to look at it. And actually, um, that's was Psalm nineteen four that I was referring to. Mm-hmm. That was directly a callback to that, which. Let's take a minute. Let's go look at that. Um, yeah, like Christ is of God, and if his nature is known in that way, then there's no there's no way that Christ isn't. Uh, oh, here. Here's Psalm 19. Uh, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work in his hands. Day after day, they pour fo- forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out to all the earth and the earth to the ends of the world. And then it goes on to say, in the heavens, he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom. And it just he continues to the end of the psalm with direct, direct um, references to nature. It just, mm-hmm. And it just starts right out with that. They, the heavens and the skies and day after day, night after night, like, completely natural things i mean it's david so he's going to think of things that he can see and directly relate to but as human beings like if how are we supposed to search for god's divine nature when the only thing other than the bible that we have to go off of knowing him is what he's left around us Mm -hmm. yeah that's good i think uh i think that's just where i get surprised in Paul's mind is just he's thinking uh, uh, he's taking Psalm 19 and he's putting it as a new context of understanding who Jesus is and he's like yeah. all these things too should tell us tell us about Jesus but I did hear a theory that actually might make sense of what Paul was saying there and I, it, all, it would all go back to uh, uh, the star when Jesus is born oh yeah yeah, stars showing up in the heaven because Psalm 19 is about uh, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, night reveals knowledge. Uh, those things I think oftentimes seeing astrological 
in the Bible and the star was like these wise men kind of chasing after astrology and the sky was pouring out speech, if you will, and revealing knowledge that Jesus was born. So I think it's interesting in Paul's mind, it even seems in Romans, he's like, nature not only testifies to God's existence, but nature itself, like no one's without excuse because even the skies itself are like, Jesus is here now, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. Like even like the heavens, like what they would perceive as aligned themselves so we could find him and know Mm -hmm. him. Pasteur, father of microbiology, a bit of science distances one from God, but much science nears one to him. The more I study nature, the more I stand amazed at the work of the creator. So, like, he's, it's not an invitation to dip your toes into it. It's like, it's like when you dip your toes into studying, like, studying the Bible. Like, you, you're like, oh, I should do it every day, or, or more than that, but when you kind of just do it passively, you don't really know much and that's the same with like science like you need to fully immerse yourself in it to really be amazed at what is here and how it works and why it's there yeah that was a phase that i went through a few years ago where uh i think it was a that tv show the cosmos uh oh right yeah the new one i'd start watching that with neil degrasse tyson and like I was just, I was two things at once. I was so amazed by the universe and just like, wow, can't believe just the incredible detail with which God has made things that there's so much out there I don't even know about. Even here on the earth, so much we don't know about, you know. Right. Uh, And so, like, I was taken actually to a level of worship just by watching a show about science. Um, But at the same time, uh, this was never like a serious issue. But because much of my Christian upbringing had taught against some of this stuff, uh, it became a little bit of a um, conundrum to try to understand how I can believe in both worlds, which right. I know for the average individual out there, you know, it's it's not really a problem. problem. But for me, it's like I got to kind of sort through my understanding of things and kind of figure this out i don't know if you went through any similar story i did well i mean i was always uh i mean i'd wanted to be a veterinarian since i was little so i would it was always steeped steeped in like biology and scientific literature so that was my life but then i i went my family attended a very conservative church where it was very much looked like bad like it was totally talked about like it was the exact opposite and i'm like how can something that brings me so much joy and also like puts me in so much awe of everything be so bad? Yeah. Did you have any intense struggle through it or was it just kind of mild? Uh, it was, it was more of a, I, yeah, I struggled mostly on the side of the church in the, almost in the opposite way that you did because it just felt like so right. Like everything that comes out of a textbook on like chemistry, it's right. It, it feels right to me. So it was really hard to like mitigate that with being a Christian. Like, so it took me a while 
I left left like Christianity altogether like in college like I just kind of dropped it and devoted myself to studying science but um like I the more I learned like the more I came back to it like it just drew me in okay yeah that's what I was just curious about because I know a lot of people when they figure out it's like one way or the other they just they choose one way or the other not both and I uh mine wasn't quite that intense but Sounds like yours was maybe bringing the church into science, and mine was maybe bringing science back to the church. in jargon that sometimes it can cause um, confusion like the word theorem is different than the word theory but when we have a theorem that is proved it becomes a theory Um, so like people confuse that with hypothesis all the time we're saying like oh everything you learned is just a theory so you don't know it's true but actually it's a theorem and it is true (laughs) yeah do you I'm curious do you find at all that like a lot of theorems are overstated as theories today, though? Uh, in what way? I don't know. I just feel like I come across a lot of like pretty intense headlines these days. And when I actually read the article, I'm like, well, this isn't anywhere near as secure as the headline made it out to be. Like, Oh, yeah, that's that's just pop science and news reporting on actual things. Most of the time, what you, if you read an article or some sort of like clickbait online and it's like, Oh, this proved this. And then you actually read like what was shown most of the time. It's like, Oh, this might be that. Yeah. And we I, have more to study. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it's a consistent, like, oversell on pretty radical statements so Mm. well people like to live in absolutes and unfortunately like with new research it you can't live in an absolute because the only way that you can say it's a theorem is if it's proved constantly like you can say this is it this is it like every single time i do this this is replicated so it's very hard to make like a theory in science gotcha yeah so most of like, what we know is a lie is what you're saying n- no it's <laughs> just kidding root <laughs> like the laws of motion like we know the three laws of motion and every single time we like use them it's exactly how it's supposed to work but new cutting-edge science is like i just tried this thing and it worked this way so if we replicate it it might do it again and like journalists will just take that and go, this is the truth. They did one experiment on it and it's the truth. And actually it's not, it might not, it might be a fluke, but like 
the law of gravity is a law and you can't change it. So. Yeah, that's fair. I guess I just, when I worked in radio, I came across a lot of articles like that and I would read it and I was like, okay. And then I get into it and be like, wait a minute. This this doesn't this doesn't seem to prove anything. It just I remember seems that. a possibility. You, you would send me things being like, what is what is the truth? <laughs> yeah. Explain this to me. Either it's too smart that I don't understand it or someone's lying about something. What is the real thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's like a lot of hot topics today that people get into where those are uh you know, everyone just reads the headline and then that's the kind of stuff that gets back to me when people come to me and say, well, science says this. And I'm like, not when I last checked it and here or there or there, like, I don't know, as I think pop yeah. science here and there just kind of overdoing it a little bit. And you were the one who warned me on that some time back. <laughs> probably did, yeah. Just that you're like, well, no, you were upset with uh, like pop science or something. I, I was. I believe I, I like I like pop science because it gets people engaged because when you look at a scientific paper it's so like hard to reach even sometimes for me and I like have a master's and I've read these papers all the time and it's so hard for me sometimes to even get there so it's so steeped in language that is so hard to understand and the great thing about pop science is it goes no actually this is not that complicated and here's really what it is like it's not all like beakers and labs like it doesn't have to be it can just be like that's why environmental science is so great because you don't necessarily need that like you can just go outside and teach people about plants and like how a ecosystem works and you don't really have to like go anywhere so it is nice yeah yeah i just i know sometimes the details get skipped like subtitled to one of my books was the god of two trillion galaxies she's like yeah i like that and then when i went back to review this article for my subtitle it was like all right now everybody listen like in small print you know like <laughs> there's not more galaxies than we thought we just divide them up differently now <laughs> so it's like well you made it sound like you just discovered a few extra trillion galaxies is that what that way was that that. yeah i thought so. you were subscribing to the multiverse theory and that's what the subtitle was for oh no no i mean uh i i've looked into that but that all sounds a lot like philosophy more than anything else no very true well it makes sense of some of the radiation left over in the cosmos but I that one sounds like that will forever be a theorem. Am I <laughs> am I doing science now? I hear I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> Thanks. I learned <laughs> something and you hate it. This is gonna be a great <laughs> podcast. This speaks volumes for our future episodes. Oh well it's a good thing I like to listen to myself talk, so <laughs> <laughs> I should just go hunt down all the old ones you've done and just throw them all on here and you can listen to yourself talk for hours. Uh, I've done that, so that's okay. Oh, okay, well, wouldn't say that out loud, but... <laughs> I just, I definitely just did. <laughs> there's two people in this world, people who don't like to listen to themselves talk, and then there's me, so that's fine. <laughs> it's okay. The third person is people who like to listen to themselves talk, just don't admit it out loud. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Romans one twenty. Everyone, remember that verse. Yeah, where? How do we get to everything? <laughs> Romans just... one twenty is about pop science. That's what I learned today. 
I don't know. I thought it was a good good way to start. I felt it's not very long and it's really easy to branch to many other things from it. Um, and it means a lot to me as a verse itself. Like it pretty much defines my whole motivation and nature. And I really like that about it. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, that brings us to the end of this episode. Is that is that where we're headed? Yes, I believe it is. Cool. So in in synopsis form. I believe we, I just did that, but go off. <laughs> Aaron, I haven't mansplained our way out of this yet. So you oh my gosh. We're <laughs> <laughs> so lucky it's, we're friends. In synopsis form, everything Aaron said. <laughs> there, so that's the worst kind of mansplaining where I just take credit for what you said and I don't even try to re-say it. <laughs> oh my gosh, perfect. Thanks. Excellent. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back. Who knows when? Yep. Do we know when? Uh, let's call it a couple of weeks because I've already got an idea for the next one, so I'm going to have to cool. work on it. To anyone listening, Aaron lives in Scotland and I live in Michigan, which sounds like a country in the way that I just said it, but. Kind of is. Yeah, kind of is. Anyways. That creates many hours between us and difficulty and scheduling. It is definitely almost 7 p.m. where I am. <laughs> Indeed. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to go play video games with your husband. That's fair. I think he's waiting for his computer back. <laughs> all right. We'll catch you all right. later. Bye.